Hi guys, this is Sarah. And this is Katrina Joe. And, and we're, we're the, the feds. feds. Fedwork is the modern day background check. And we encourage people to feed empowerment daily. And, and you're, you're now listening, listening to, to Fedwork. Fedwork. Hey guys, welcome to Fedwork. I'm Katrina Joe. And I'm Sarah. And it's been a while, guys. I know. You're back. <laughs> we didn't leave y'all. I know, I know. We took a little hiatus. Um, I will speak for myself. I think with just everything that's been going on in the world, unfortunately, it seems like every day, you know, something is happening. And I don't know if that's just because the content and the news is more available to us because of social media and Instagram, Twitter, the news, like it's, it's very fast paced. And I personally was getting very overwhelmed with all of the stories that were happening across the nation. Unfortunately, you know, the shooting in Buffalo, the uh, school shooting in Texas, the ongoing debates about female bodies in the United States, you know, and just gun laws and, you know, people of color being targeted or attacked. It was just very heavy. Um, And I personally just felt that instead of, you know, just pumping out content, because that's the thing that we're supposed to do, Mm -hmm. it just felt better and more organically with my spirit of just like, hey, we need to take a pause, like give ourselves the mental break that we may need, because it's a lot to process. And it's, you know, even if we don't personally know the people that were affected by these tragedies, it does still affect us of like, you know, it could have been us. Or if we have, you know, nieces and nephews in school, we, you know, I was terrified to go to the grocery store, you know, like, I'm like, thank God for Instacart, because this is crazy. You can't do anything. You can't do normal errands without the fear of losing your life at this point. And so I just didn't feel like it was right for us to just put out FedWork content, like listen to us, look at me when people could be focusing on, you know, the news or resources on how to help, how to get involved, how to vote, that kind of thing. Absolutely. And, you know, it felt like instead of listening to us talking about whatever topic we decided for that day, um, you know, maybe that time would be better spent doing something else, finding ways to help, you know, things like that. And then, you know, on top of it, there's a lot of things happening worldwide, you know, and it's just, it's hearing the stories and working with people who know people that are, you know, involved in all these different things that are happening. It's just, I think it was the perfect time for us to just kind of chill, use that time for something else and come back when we felt a little bit more um, ready. Yeah, absolutely. And not to mention we're still in a pandemic, (laughs) you know, like I feel like I don't even know what to do with COVID anymore and what, how many strains or how many shots you can get now. I mean, there's just, do we not, do I need another booster? Is it like, I don't even know. (laughs) Like, I'm like, I needed a reset and you know, because the world is back open now mm-hmm. or majority of it. At least, For at least the most part. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very much back to work and events are going and clients are coming in and all of that. And I needed a reset. Like June <clears throat> is going to be a very crazy month for me work-wise. 
Right. And so I came out to Joshua three. Oh my God. I can't even Joshua three. Three. <laughs> Joshua tree and just needed a reset. And I am so calm. You're like, so, I am so zen. I wake up every morning. I have my routine. I get my work done. The scenery is beautiful. It's quiet. Um, I will use a reference from Megan Batoon, who recently, my, one of my favorites, who recently moved out to Joshua Tree and she gave an analogy, which I thought was perfect, of saying that like LA was like a, was starting to feel like a casino and she needed to live in a place that she was able to connect with herself, feel grounded um, and just have more, you know, peace. And I didn't realize how quiet the world can be, you know, because living in yeah. LA, it's sirens, helicopters, fireworks, people talking, music, events, like something every day, every minute you could fill your time with. Yes. Everything yeah. is going on and everything is going so fast. And, you know, part of me does love the hustle of, of that, but I needed like my spirit needed, and I feel so amazing here. I'm I happy you found a place. Yes. I don't want to leave. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to leave either. And that's why for me, I've, 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 ex- I've tried to express this. And I think maybe now that you've had the experience, you can understand it a little bit more, but like when I moved home and went up to my parents' house in the woods and like was by the beach every day and there wasn't things happening, it was this instant like wave down instead of being feeling like I was like struggling for air. Yeah. Like I felt like I could actually enjoy the swim. It's kind of yeah. how it, it felt like I had been drowning in LA, even though I was I, no, you know what? I wasn't drowning. I was treading water for a long time, you know, yeah. and I was finally able to enjoy it and, and, you know, be kind of at peace. And that's been the best gift for me, you know, and I miss the hustle and bustle of LA. Trust me. There are times where I'm like, get me to LA. What am I doing here? Right. Um, but it's been very, I feel like the way that you're feeling right now has been me since I moved back. Yeah. So it's, I'm happy that you found a place that you can find that there. Cause then you don't have to leave. Yeah, I yeah. know. I mean, yeah, the drive wasn't bad at all. And the scenery, oh, I, pretty. Keep, I keep looking out the window. Cause I'm just like <laughs> <laughs> loving the scenery yeah. and just how like calm and still everything is. It's just, and I can still be productive. There's not a lot of noise distracting me. Um, not a lot of people pulling at me left and right. I can get it done and then go and disconnect. So, right. I love that. But I did want to touch on something. Okay. Okay. And we talked about this in New York. We had a very, we had a very deep conversation (laughs) and something that I was thinking as well is that I wanted us to be a little more vulnerable with our listeners. Mm -hmm. And I think in, in, our previous episodes where we have spoken from actual experience, especially relationships, which is part of how this podcast got started in general. Yeah. We've been able to really connect with our listeners and got, you know, a lot of good feedback. Like, yo, I just went through that or, Oh my gosh, I didn't know you went through that too. And this helped me with, you know, X, Y, and Z. And I want to touch on vulnerability with you, Sarah, because I feel like this has been, an evolving place in your life. And I, 
if I remember correctly, there was a recent uh, situation that kind of brought a lot of things to the surface for you in regards to emotions and vulnerability. So would you like to share with the class? (laughs) Yeah, I'll share with the class. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I feel like part of why that conversation was so uh, important for you and I to have was because I was actually in the moment, in the process, in that week, going through the actions of what I was saying. So I was living in it as well as speaking on it with you. And I, I think that that was why that conversation just kind of like came out of nowhere, sort of, we were sitting and having lunch and then I've like, it just came out and we started talking about the situation and, and, you know, I feel like there's a level of responsibility that comes with there being two sides to every story. Right. And although at the end of the day, you're always going to have the reason that you decided to leave a relationship, you know, and the experiences that led you to that reason, Um, there's also a level of reflection and saying, I keep hearing this from him. Maybe there's some truth to that. Right. So I say all that to say, uh, basically I've mentioned that before I was in a on and off relationship for four years in college and it was my first real relationship, you know, and the things that happened to me during the course of that time um, really left a part of me damaged, but also not just damaged, like a part of me with not a vendetta, but sort of like a, no one's ever going to do that shit to me again mentality. So cut two, I'm in LA and I'm working in this industry where I'm meeting all of these men and I have all male coworkers. And I was influenced heavily by my, my, I can't speak. I was influenced heavily by my male friends and the stories of what they were doing. So I was seeing, you know, cheating. I was seeing the stories and the way they spoke about women. I was seeing the way that women were treated at the club and like passed around, if you will, from table to table to table and all of these things. And I was like, I'm never going to be the woman that they're talking about. So Mm -hmm. I almost put on a completely different hat and the vulnerability was totally shoved to the side and Mm. the, the conversation about feelings. And if I ever was really going to give someone everything was kind of tucked away in a little box in the corner. And I treated most things in my life as if I was the male of a relationship. Mm -hmm. I say that I know that's very sexist to say but I'm saying it from the place where I was coming from, where that's what all my guy friends were doing, the way they were looking at things, the way that they'd be in relationships. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to get had. So I'm going to act that way too. Mm -hmm. And so there was a level of a male coming to me and being vulnerable and expressing himself and me taking it like, oh, this is all game. This, that's what he says to everyone. Yeah. I'm going to one up him or I'm going to, I'm not going to tell him that I, that I'm in love with him. I'm not going to tell him that I find him sexy. I'm not going to tell him like all of the things that should be reciprocated in a relationship. Like there's, you know what I'm saying? And it wasn't until, you know, this man was in my life on and off for 10 years. That's a long time. And these conversations were coming up at year seven where, you know, 
he wasn't the only man in my life. There'd be six months where I, we wouldn't even speak and I was dating someone else or, you know, you know, whatever the case was, but there was a level of, he was always the one that I felt the most connected to, but I never let him know that. So mm. there was a level of vulnerability that I refused to share until one day I just decided to. And it was kind of like, I don't know what happened and where that vulnerability kind of like just disappeared from me. Like the box that I put in the corner, I was like, let's open this and let's chat about it. Kind of. <laughs> and, and when was this that you shared it with him? Like how many years in? This was like, probably it started probably around like year six, year seven. Interesting. Okay. And it was just like, I'd say something casually. And he's like, you've literally never said that before. And you're telling me in a text message, yeah. you know, or like, um, I would say like, you know how I feel. And he's like, I honestly don't, <laughs> you've literally never told me, yeah. like, I know I matter to some capacity because I'm still here, but like, do I, or am I just, you know, whatever the case. And I didn't recognize that, um, that I had been doing this until I kind of reflected backwards. And I was like, wow, that's actually happened in every relationship that I've had, you know, where I wasn't going to let them know how interested I wasn't because I never wanted them to be able to hurt me by not being interested back. So it stemmed from fear. 1000% fear, fear, fear of looking a certain way to the man, yeah. fear of being vulnerable, fear of being played, that kind of thing. For sure. And it's, you know, there's a level of that. There's a level of, I was consistently meeting people and like, how do I decide that this person is the one when I'm meeting four other guys this month who seem great? Like there was a level of, um, how do I put this without coming off like a complete and utter bitch? Um, there was a level of access that made committing back difficult because I wasn't getting commitment either. So when it came to any new man, I was kind of like, yeah, he's great. And I like him and I'll hang out with him and get to know him. But like, I never would be like, I want to be your girlfriend. I want to be in a relationship with you. I want mm -hmm. this to be the next step. I want this, this, and this, like I wasn't doing that. I wasn't having those conversations. And when people, when the men in my life would step up and do something to show me that they cared, I would always wonder what the, what the ulterior motive was mm -hmm, mm -hmm. instead of just allowing them to genuinely care about me. Right. I was always like, Oh, sure. He says that to everybody or, Oh, when he leaves town, he has this girl. I'm sure, you know, without ever even having the conversation in my head, there was a whole situation I drafted in the, in the rafters that may or may not have ever even been true. Or right. I might've been their number one and I wasn't showing that they were number one to me. And he, they needed to know that they needed the security. They needed that from someone. And I wasn't providing that. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So there was, there were all these things happening and you know, there's, there's people that I'll never be able to fix that with, you know, that those conversations unfortunately weren't possible because they're not here. Um, there's people that have fully moved on and I'm like, damn, like I missed, I missed that. And I always thought he would be there and he's not. And I don't think any of that is a regret necessarily. I was just going to ask. There is, because I feel like everything happens for a reason. I need to trust God's timing. I also need to trust that there was something in me that wasn't ready for those people maybe to be that person. Yeah. Uh, and that's okay too. 
And also, you know, as hard as it probably is looking back, right. You're Mm -hmm. looking at these people, maybe passing you in life. And I don't mean passing Mm -hmm. you as in surpassing you. I mean, more so of just like, you know, in the flow, right. So like you're flowing with this person and then this person flows this way. And there's always kind of this, like, what if, you know, in your mind of like, what if I said this, where would that have turned us? Yeah. Um, And so I think you needed to learn Mm -hmm. this aspect of vulnerability for, you know, your next relationship or your future husband or whatever it may be. And also for yourself, because I know we talk a lot about now we've learned Mm -hmm. that vulnerability is power. Right. And it's, it's extremely scary. It can be extremely scary, but once you kind of jump over that line, you look back and kind of like, okay, well, if it worked out, if it didn't cool, I was completely transparent and vulnerable about whatever it was. And I'm, I'm proud of that. You know, I didn't hold back kind of thing. So I think you needed that for yourself. Um, just in your, you know, personal relational growth. Absolutely. And I think there was also a level of closure that that really, that that relationship needed. And Mm. it was only going to be possible by being fully vulnerable and transparent and putting it all on the table, even though it was technically too late at that point, Mm. it still needed to happen for both of us to have an understanding as to what that really meant, what those 10 years meant and that it wasn't a waste of time and that it wasn't, you know what I'm saying? Like that needed to happen to kind of give the closure of peace. And I just got goosebumps. And it was, you know, trust me, it was hard. There were tears. It was, you know, from both sides where it's like, how the, like, how did this never come up? Like things could have been so different five years ago, you know, eight years ago, if I knew that. And I'm like, well, you know, I guess at the time that wasn't what was supposed to happen, you know, or maybe I was protecting myself and thank God I did. I mean, I don't, I'll never know what could have happened, but in the reality of everything that other person is, is doing great. And, you know, I'm, I'm very happy for him. And I have a level of peace and closure of moving into my next thing, you know, without carrying the, the, the burden of things unsaid, you know, I feel like there's a very heavy burden of things that aren't said. Um, especially for a creative, like as a creative minded person, I tend to, um, run through the stories in my head over and over again about different outcomes, how things could have been all of those things. And there's a level of, um, not needing to do that after the actual conversation has been had. Yeah. But yeah, I I think the most important like lesson, I guess, if you will, out of it all is trusting yourself enough to know that even if you are hurt, you'll be okay. And the better option is to put it out there early and be honest with yourself when it's happening so that one side isn't, how do I say it? Like one side isn't feeling, um, abandoned, if you will, from an emotional standpoint. Uh, and if you put out something and it doesn't work, that that's okay. You know what I mean? Like something else will come. Uh, but it's important to kind of just put it all out there and be honest and transparent and thorough because if you're not, you know, what, what, like, what is the point? I think that's a great takeaway. And I love that you said towards the end of the relationship, you know, this whole time you're putting up 
this guard, right? You have to be strong. You can't be vulnerable. You can't be emotional. And towards the end, the vulnerability is what led you to closure and peace. And so I think there's a difference too, where sometimes when people end relationships, not mine, by the way. Um, and I think there's, um, there's times in, in, in breakups where Mm -hmm. people are coming from ego, right. Of like, oh, he has to hear me right now. Or he has to hear what I have to say. I have to tell him, you know, we all, we've all been there. I need to get this off my chest. Like whatever happens, I'm, I'm about to tell him off type shit. And I think it's powerful that you came from a different perspective. It wasn't ego. Like he needs to hear this Mm -hmm. because I need to get this off of my chest for, to serve me. It was more so we've been through so much together. There's so much history. The least I can leave him with is transparency and vulnerability. And we can both come to a understanding and close the book on that. You know, it wasn't kind of like a sparring ego match. It was very much of, I think, coming from a place of love and power, which is vulnerability. Yeah. And that's how I took it. And it might have been received differently. I'm not him to know. You know, I I think there has to be a level of, of, um, I don't want to use the word anger, but maybe that it took me so long to tell him that when that's all he wanted to hear for so long. I feel like there's a level of, um, you know, yeah, yeah, disappointment in the fact that I didn't do that. And I have to own that. I mean, that's just the reality of what it is. Uh, and I'm not saying he was perfect. He was far from it. I was far from it. We didn't work probably because of that. But at the end of the day, I know that I needed him to know that so that he could have the understanding of like what he really meant to me. You know, and I think that's super important. Yeah. What of you? Oh, it was hard, girl. And I will say too, as your friend, yeah, one of your closest friends, probably in the last what decade is it? I don't know. <laughs> um, I was also surprised hearing you say these things when we were in yeah. New York and yeah. tearing up, and you looked at me like. I was like, what? Because, you know, not that you're not emotional or not that you can't relate to people or that you don't have, you know, empathy or anything of that, but you have always been this like strong, like nothing's going to shake me up relationally when it comes to family, friends, you know, you're, you know, it's, it's different, but relationally it was very much like no man's going to shake me up and Mm -hmm. get with it or get lost. That's what it is. And to hear you open up in that way, like I literally have a vivid picture of us sitting, what you're wearing, when you started turning up and what you said. And I was like, Sarah, what? Yeah. You were like, huh? When? Like, what is happening? You know? And you were like, I've, I finally learned. And I think that was a very like powerful moment. And I'm happy that I'm grateful that we had that conversation and I was able to see you in that light. Um, cause it was, it was basically like seeing, like literally seeing your friends growth in real time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. And then I left the conversation, you know, feeling closer to you yeah. and 
just happy that, you know, we were able to link in New York. We were there at the same time. It wasn't planned. And I was like, okay, like that was needed. You know, obviously we talked about a lot of other things during that time, but you know, just as your friend being able to see and hear you come to that realization of, of growth and vulnerability, I think was really special. So I'm proud of you. And I can't wait to see how you carry it into your next relationship. Thanks girl. Yeah, girl. I appreciate that. So if there is a little tip of wisdom in regards to vulnerability that you can leave our listeners, what would that be? I feel like the, the sum, the summary of, of kind of what I feel is if you feel it, say it Mm -hmm. like, obviously read the room. Like, you know, maybe it's not always the right place or time, but if you, if you feel it inside, it's going to come out in one way or another. And if you don't do it in a, you know, from a place of, care and love and you instead do it like you said down the road from a place of ego later it's never going to be the same and there's a level of if you're feeling it and this is the person you're supposed to be with or if this if you're feeling it and you know this is the person you're not supposed to be with those are things you need to express because no one can read your mind right i don't some people can sure but like normal people that you're in relationships with are not capable of reading your mind and you can't move every day as if they are so you need to be vocal and expressive. And if you feel it, say it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's what I think I did. If you feel it, say it. Don't hold back. Vulnerability is power. And thank you, Sarah, yeah. for sharing from personal experience. Of course. Thanks for bringing it up. Of course. And thank you guys for listening. We're yes. so happy to be back. And we will see you guys next week. See you. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of FedWork. We hope that you enjoyed it. Please make sure to like, comment, and subscribe on all platforms. For any inquiries or sponsorship requests, please visit wearefedwork.com.